first episode of Book Off Banter. I'm Katie Summers and I had an idea for a podcast that wasn't your typical horsey podcast. One that was fun, a bit sweary and didn't take itself too seriously. I just needed to find the perfect co-host. And I'm Carla, who she got in touch with. You might know me as the gob behind Muddy Mayhem, the Facebook page with the silly drawings. And I promise Katie I'll do my best to talk and not say too many swear words. We can say a couple. So let's get started. This episode, we're going to play a game Carla invented and talk about horsey social media. But first, let's have a quick chat about our week. So Carla, has anything interesting been happening? <sighs> so when it comes to, in, when you mean interesting, do you mean have I actually ridden a horse? Because That's not sounding promising. <laughs> it's not promising on this app. So basically, Vince, or Mince, as he's known on the Facebook page, has thrown a splint. And with that, he's also trampled every, over every dream I've ever had for this season. Um, so he's, he threw a splint probably about five weeks ago, it was diagnosed. And so he's currently out in the field getting very fat and living his best life. Horses, oh, he's loving it. I mean, he's having a wonderful time. And I'm just, I go out and I point at him every so often and go, you little shit. <laughs> um, and then I come back in and I'm angry and drink a gin. So, um, so he's, yeah, he's having a great time out there. And we are hoping, the vet came on Tuesday and he thinks he's looking fantastic now and pretty much, pretty much sound and can come back into work next week. But in terms of riding, I haven't done any for ages, so... Mm. I'm just watching other people. What about you? What have you been up to? Tell me um, you've ridden a horse. Yeah, just to rub a bit of salt in the wound. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. for that. Um, I had a good day actually today. Um, I jumped one of my younger ones um, round a metre 15 course, which is the biggest she's jumped. And she's really spooky. So what I tend to do at home is just focus on making a jump like the craziest crap that I can find. But today's the first time where I actually left the scary stuff out and just popped around a proper course. Mm. And she was, yeah. you know, when, when they give you a surprise in a good way, which is like so unusual, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to like, I actually rang everyone in my phone as I was on the horse. <laughs> Guess what I've just done? Guess what I've just done? And they're like, okay, thanks. That's great. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, and then I jumped my one who's a nightmare um, and a bit deranged. Uh, and it was really good. We had a grackle on him. I was really happy with how that worked. But then I got him in and he's got the most annoyingly sensitive face. And he's bleeding from both sides of his cheeks and under his chin. So that was a bit ah. shit. What browser have you got him in? Um, it's just a bit of a cobbled together shit version, I think. What, just... nose, <laughs> what nose band is it? Just like a normal Mexican grackle. Have you looked at the um, Henry James ones? All my horses wear Harry, Henry James bridles. Have you looked no. at those? No, I've... they are absolutely amazing. So they've got um, the leather's fantastic. They're fantastic quality, and they've got a new grackle come out with a new headpiece, and you can you get a choice of either a fluffy nose piece, you know, the fluffy bit in the middle. Yeah, a choice of that fluffy or leather leather padded but what I love about them is they've got they're so adjustable so they've got buckles on either side so um, you can adjust either side of them and underneath 
their throat and they're also uh, like a comfort style so they've got a cut back throat lash which sits really nicely so there's no rubbing under there and the headpiece that I've got on Vince's it's a comfort headpiece and it's so soft but what I love about it is and it's so soft and broad and it's also got this gap down the middle so it's like an airflow so they don't get too hot underneath because a lot of these comfort headpieces they really sweat don't they yeah they do them. don't get any of that with that the leather is just beautiful. It's really, really soft. It's great. You can pretty much get them out of the box and they come, be- oh my God. If you've never had a Henry James and you've never had a Henry James wrapping, they, their wrapping is to die for. It comes like a piece of jewellery oh. with a beautiful ribbon around it. It is stunning. So you get these beautiful boxes this, and you can get the, leather, the bridle out. The leather's so soft, you can put it pretty much straight on your horse and go. You do I, know that my I, husband is going to hate you they do you know he's not because (laughs) he's not i don't believe it because for the quality that they are they're not badly priced you they are the sort of quality that i have seen on 300 pound bridles they are and they are not 300 pounds they are absolutely stunning just have a look at them i promise you if you buy one or you buy any of their stuff you will never be disappointed it's the only stuff i'm gonna have to have a look because his face is such a mess yeah you won't get any rubbing with the Henry James stuff. And also I've got, you know, I only ride in their stirrup leathers. I only ride in their reins. Absolutely. Anything you can get for Henry James, I will buy because the quality and their customer service is fantastic. So if you were to get a rub or something was wrong and you contacted them, they, they do something to sort it out. So yeah, I really, really rate them. So yeah, go for it. You won't hate I'm going to have to get my husband to listen to this because you're actually selling it pretty well. So <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to let you do my job. <laughs> I don't even work for Henry James either. I'm getting away with this. I, I only talk about stuff that I really rate and I, that's the only thing I rate. So go for it. Go and have a look. You won't I be will. disappointed. Right. No more selling me anything. Oh, no right, more then. or I'll okay. get divorced. <laughs> okay. Um, that's fine. Okay. So you had an idea because you're an eventer and I'm a show jumper. Oh, right. Okay. We need to sort this out right now because obviously, like you just said, you're a show jumper. I'm an eventer. So there's some things we need to clear up, don't you there? Actually, I've got to say, mind, I get a bit nervous calling myself a show jumper because I feel like show jumpers, everywhere are going to be like, she is not a show jumper. She is not one of us. Hello. Hello. I call myself an inventor. I mean, it's like people, uh, they're like, what? No. They use that, you know, those finger marks. That you yeah. Like, we both have got finger I, marks. You yeah, can't see them. Finger marks. There's finger marks. Yeah. That we, I can see you doing them. You can see me like... It doesn't work on a podcast that there are finger marks. So, yeah, we need to clarify some things. Okay. okay. So, first of all, show jumpers. You do know that you can trot, don't you? Uh, no, you don't need to. Because we are super time efficient. If you miss okay. a pace out, you can get like an extra 15 <laughs> minutes in bed. Like, <laughs> see, you eventers, like, I think you don't like your beds. Because you travel to the back end, like, of God knows where. And then, not only do you want to ride your horse, like, six million times, but you lunch them for, like, two hours before you can get on. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is true, yeah. Still, you it's know. It's all about the sleep. All about the sleep. So you don't trot so you can get more sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no like need, no need for trying. I love that. Love it. Love it. So come on, then. What about okay. events do you want to know? So, I want to know whether you are aware that we live in England. 
And if so, why do you do a sport that completely relies on how much precipitation we have? Oh my God, this is so true. I have to give you this <laughs> because I know I totally, because even I think I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I have about four weather apps on my phone and I'm constantly switching between them. And sometimes I only look at the one which gives me the weather I want. Right. Oh, okay. I'll ignore the other three. Yeah. But that one, that one's never been right, but it's given me the weather I want for the weekend. And also we stand there and we go, it reaches a point, usually about June-ish, and every eventer goes, we need more rain, we need more rain, we need more because the ground's too hard. And then it starts to rain. And, and then you're still rain. not happy. No, too, too much rain, <laughs> too much rain, stop raining. It's like nothing, nothing is ever right. And you are 100% right. We are, yeah, we don't seem to really understand that we are outside. Yeah. We need eventing under big roofs, I think. Indoor eventing. Yeah, on a surface. Yeah. A bit like maybe show <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So the other one, okay, I need to, right, because if you're going to go at us about the weather. Okay. Show jumping jackets. Right, we need to, we yeah. need to have this out. Do they only come in children's sizes? Is that why you all wear them? Two sizes too small? Well, they're cheaper, aren't they, if you buy children's <laughs> sizes? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those animals aren't going to buy themselves. Like, you have got to just fast and then just squeeze it all in. I will actually confess <laughs> that my animal is split under, like, my arm. Because it's like, yeah, we can't fit around you. Like, it's too much for us. Okay. But you and just, then you're jumping in them. Yeah, it's a little bit restrictive. But... It looks good. Got a, well... <laughs> maybe your arms get very cold. Yeah, it is chilly. And I think they look a lot better if I've had some sort of, like, a gastro bug or something. Then, <laughs> then it looks pretty good. But other than that, it just looks like, yeah, she's borrowed someone's jacket and it doesn't fit it you look like you've borrowed a kid's jacket i'm yeah. not gonna lie but that's every show jumper that looks like they've borrowed a kid's jacket so that's but fine. you wear material that when it's wet is like heavy and soaking mm. and you're not under a roof like at least yeah. our jacket dries yeah that is true so the tweed that eventers wear is um it's traditional it's and it fits hard. you like what's that about <laughs> you uh, yeah, need to go yeah, down yeah. a size no, we we tend to go the other way as events <laughs> don't we we pick one that's two sizes too big you've got room like, for oh, cake because, yeah it, you just because we're all about the burgers okay we finish our event in because we've cheated death you need to know yeah. this we've cheated death and a dressage judge we're going to buy ourselves a picture and we're going to have a burger so there needs to be room for our next events. We are by the end of the season. <laughs> we're fat. Yeah. We are, you know, we are, we've eaten so many burgers. Um, some, we've drunk a lot of gin because we've had, you know, the, not the best day on paper. <laughs> and so we've probably put on about a stone or so. But that's cool because it's fine. Our jacket can take that. Whereas you guys are, you, you guys are hoping you'll get a touch of the old DMV. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to split it under your arms, aren't you? So we, we're <laughs> sorted. We know what we're doing as eventers. I'm not moving off jackets because I oh. need to know one thing. Okay. Which would be worse for a show jumper? Being forced to wear 
a baggy tweed jacket at a championship show or having your boots cut off you? Oh, God. This well, <laughs> I can't believe you're even having to think about. I mean, my boots have got zips, so that's not going to no, happen. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. They haven't. The ambulance people, where they haven't seen oh, zips. Right. I know They're this sounds really deranged. I'd be like, ah, what are you doing? <laughs> um, like this sounds really bad, but yeah, I'm one of those people where if I feel like not right, it really distracts me. And I know it shouldn't, but it does. So if I was wearing a baggy tweed, I'd be like, oh, this isn't going to go well today. I mean, not that it goes well usually anyway, but I'd be like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be really bad today. Like, so, but then if, yeah, okay, I'll wear the baggy tweed just once. <laughs> I'm never going to get to a championship show anyway, so we're not in any day. <laughs> so you'll, you can just carry on. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I quite like that. So, so I'll, 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 you get a tick there. That's good. What about why do you go to the track and buy the fastest horse that's too slow to race and then wonder why the like doesn't want to put its head down and walk on a loose rein yeah there's a lot of x-races out of venting isn't there yeah and they're all like puzzled um, they're like what's going on here like they and do the, the best of it is we spend so much of the time just yeah they're so fast and going cross country <laughs> on them and then the other two faces, they usually monumentally shit at them, aren't mm. they? I have actually got a couple of those out in the field. I don't know why we do that. Because really, although we event, it's all about the cross country. Yeah, I, so that was one of my other questions, actually. So I'm oh, just going to like shoehorn go that there. in. Go in. Is that you all event on horses that are usually good at one phase. So you're always yeah. fucked off about two out of the three phases. <laughs> And I want to say to you, do you know that you can just do one of the phases that your horse is good at? Like, if it's a good dressage horse, you can just do dressage. If it's a good show jumper, you can just show jump. But you don't. Like, you can just do hunter trials or team chase. No, no. You go and you're like, well, it's only good at show jumping. We stopped at the water. Stopped at the water last week as well. And I'm like, just show jump then. <laughs> um, I'm going to defend us eventers there. Okay eventing is that holy grail of the three phases coming together now in the history of mankind i don't i think there's been about three people that in every event that the three things have come together on the one day but we live in the hope and we keep doing it just in case they do in case one so day we, we know one day it might happen the god might smile down on you and even though your horse normally goes like a lame camel on speed <laughs> around in the dressage, it might one day turn into Vallegro as you trot down that centre line. Then you take it into the show jumping and it jumps like it's never jumped before, a bit like Big Star, you know, something like that. And then obviously it's really good cross country as well. It's like the bravest horse cross country. So it might just happen that one day. So you never know. And I mean, that's I, why have do it because... I have to take my hands off to you because... I can't even do one phase well. So the fact that you try and do three, like... Yeah. To be fair, I can't even do one phase very well. So the fact that I'm trying to do three is quite amazing. But, you know, again, the gods might smile at me at some stage. 
I think every time I chop down a centre nine, the dressage judges do look up with absolute horror and they're like, oh shit, she's back again <laughs> and she hasn't got and she hasn't got any better. We just but, can't yeah. discourage this one. <laughs> I know, we keep giving her these really shit scores and she keeps coming back. Right, she just bounces I back. I know. I might say to them this, I might say, look, I'm like a wolf, I'll grow on you eventually. Do you know what I mean? She is they I I think I should get a special mark for persistence. Yeah. I keep coming back and getting like the crappiest mark. At least at least someone's got to come laugh. It's me every time. <laughs> <laughs> but one day one day those three phases might come together. Yeah. Who knows? Or so, I like oh, no. horses that look the same. Yes, that look the same. Three chestnuts. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually genius. We should do that. Okay, I'm going to ask you about show jump, you show jumpers, warm ups. What mm -hmm. the fuck's that all about? To be fair, so as you, a show jumper, I don't know. Well, you, you enter a class which is like a meter. You jump one meter 40 in the warm up. You all count around just on the one rein. You do know you can change direction, don't you? There are two directions you can go in on horses. So you all go in, canter around on the one rein, jump your one metre 40 fences for ages, for about an hour. Then you go in and jump your round. You're like, oh, shit, I had two down and a metre class. No, shit, Sherlock, it's jumped everything in the warm-up. So why'd you do that? Well, <laughs> the going round on one rein... That is because when you first start and you're in like a British novice, you try and warm your horse up on both reins and people look at you like you are an absolute moron and you're like blacklisted. And then you realise, ah, I'm not allowed to do that here. I'm only allowed uh, to go okay. on one rein. So you're trained by stern uh, glances and maybe the odd crash. Then they're uh, like, yeah, you yeah, yeah, will yeah. go on the rein that I go on. And I, I'm a sheep, so I just... Is go on it the ring. A set rain, or is it decided by one person that just gets there really early and they go right today? We're all warming up on the right rain. <laughs> I think it's decided by the person that's got the biggest balls. Uh, yeah, I can see that. And I don't because I'm green and just wanting to vomit about the, the whole thing. So I'm just like, do you know what? You pick right rain. We'll do that all day. I'm I'm with you on the right rain. Doesn't matter if I need to practice left. That's fine. I'll go and just do right. And then the big jumps, I don't do that because I'm shit scared. Don't you lie. Well, I have to Is it to, to put sometimes. each other off? Yeah, I think so. Is it to psych out the competition? That's what I thought it was, psych out the competition. Like, look when what I my trainer jump. goes with me, I, I get so scared when my trainer goes with me because she actually makes me do like a proper woman. She'll be like wider, higher. What? And I'm like, no, no, oh wider, my God. No, like I am shitting it yeah, because when it's I hate warming up, I like I jump, you know, maybe like a seventy. I'm like, that'll do him. Let's go in. We don't want to leave all the exactly. jumping in the warm up. <laughs> so yeah, that I'm is good. exactly what I do. I jump like a cross pole. Yeah, a tiny little upright. I jump a spread with a cross pole in front, and then yeah. I'm like, right, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm like, oh, don't overdo it. Let's go in so, and jump it. I totally agree. Show jumpers are crazy with that, and I do not. I'm an inventor with that. If that's yeah. what you guys do, I'm all about that. <laughs> do you know what they do in eventing? We we have naughty strips that you're not allowed to go above. So they oh, put okay. in whatever class you're doing, there's a coloured strip on the thing. The naughty strip, we call it. Because if you go above that, you're, you're on the naughty step, mate. Right. So 
so we're not allowed to do that see our warm-ups are a bit more of a like flexible do what the fuck you want don't try and die in there type affair yeah no they're like look you're jumping 90 centimeters so you can warm up over 95 centimeters and that's your lot yeah we have a little we have a little colored sticker you're not allowed to go over it for your class i might have been maybe you, well, or what you should do is just go in and put random bits of sticker about 70 centimetres on your, on your warm-up fences. Yeah. And then you tell everyone, go, you know, no, you're not allowed to go over those. Those are naughty strips. Like, you're not allowed to go over naughty strips. Yeah. Don't go over the naughty strips. Yeah, Sounds there we go. like so, a plan. There we are. So I've saved you. That's the venters. Yeah. So you know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, so I saw one of your show jumping posts about us having our names on our saddle cloths everything but i think that you should because oh. if you fall off and you're concussed and they're like who are you and you're not too sure you just need to look at like your jacket your saddle yeah. cloth it's like a cheat sheet <laughs> cheat sheet i love that you are absolutely on the money and i think I, I, I think we should start we should start bringing more show jumping stuff into eventing I am saying scissor cut mains because For I sure. love those bad boys I love them I can't do them but I love them like who's got time scissor to cut mane. well obviously eventers do because they get up so early in the morning that's true because you don't like beds do you they don't like their beds so I'm saying let's bring in this let's steal from the show jumpers the scissor cut mane Let's do away with plaiting because you show jumpers yeah. you don't plait. You're nope. you're all about love it. Do away with plait. Let's have a scissor cut mane, and let's just put our name on everything yeah. because we're more likely to fall off and get concussed than you lot, really. Exactly. You need the cheat sheet. So absolutely, us inventors, <laughs> we can we can't stay on. We're always falling off. So, so it's just sense. Yeah, that's, I think that when you maybe register with British Eventing, you should maybe get a number with your name on. That would be good. Sheet. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. All right, I need to ask one more thing. Okay. This is the final and the decider. <laughs> okay. How much fluff is too much fluff? Never enough. It's like that greatest showman. Never enough fluff. It's all about the fluff. The more the fluff, the higher the jump, I reckon. <gasps> it, doesn't, it doesn't weigh the horse down? No. It's, it's like fluffy. It gives it springs. They just float. Ah. Oh. <laughs> like they turn into clouds yeah you're turning your horse into clouds Love it. you buy like Love a really it. average horse put some fluff on it oh it's like grand prix oh that's where i'm going wrong yeah that's where yeah. i'm going wrong fluff him up <laughs> more fluff then he would be lame would he Sometimes i think it would cure a splint i think maybe suggest oh. it for the bet I absolutely will. I'll say a show jumper told me I need more fluff. Okay. But don't forget to do the inverted anyway. comments when <laughs> you say show jumper. <laughs> he already thinks I'm bloody mad anyway with some of the stuff I've been asked and I want to try. So I, I think if I said a show jumper with the inverted comments, then I need more fluff. He'd probably go, yeah, I think they've got a very valid point there just yeah. to get me off the phone. Give it a whirl. Brilliant. Okay, so are we going to call that a draw? I think, I think, yeah, definitely. I think we could both steal from each other there. I love it. All right, so we'll move on to one of your posts, which was about social media being boring. Um, and that's, if Mrs. Hinge can 
become like a phenomenon with cleaning products, then why can't we make a sport that's as exciting as horse riding, interesting on social media? Mm, I feel really passionate about this. I, I love social media. I absolutely love it. I think it's such, it can be such a good thing and I've seen so much good from it. But I think that the horse world in particular on social media just looks so dull a lot yeah. of the time. Not everybody, not everybody. And I'm not tying everyone with this brush. And there was a post on Instagram which, which inspired this. And it, they were saying, you know, we've got one of the most exciting, vibrant, brilliant sports. It's dangerous and it's, and yet, if you were to scroll through just those sports, this sport on Instagram, it was pre, pretty much 85% the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. It would be a video of a horse jumping something, somebody doing a story talking to camera about what the great lesson they've had, a picture of someone jumping a fence with an Instagram uh, inspirational quote. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Oh, I'm so I don't know where you've been looking. No, I don't think I will. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't think, I can assure you, I have never seen an inspirational quote. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> an inspirational quote. Quote. <laughs> so, and I think that it it has got so much that we can give, yet it's all a bit bland. And then we're at the next second, we're whinging. Why do they think all these people are snobby? Why do they think we're just tossed? And you're like, well. What do we portray? What are we putting across on this big platform? Yeah. And there's an inventor called Ben Hobday, who is fantastic. He is everything good about eventing. He is a great rider. He's a great bloke. He does loads for charity. He loves his family. He loves his horses. He is fantastic. And he is so funny. And his social media is brilliant. He has really got it on the money and he has done he did an instagram story really recently and on this story he showed a horse being covered and he was being a bit cheeky on it and he was making some funny remarks they were funny it was what it was and he got some comments the next day from people saying did he overstep the mark is this professional should he be doing this sorts of thing when young people look up to him? And I think it's really sad. It's sad that we've got somebody as fun and they're trying to shoehorn him into this boring Mold. social media. Yeah. I don't know if that's the same with show jumping. I know you've got Danny Starwin, is it? And the girl who wears the feathers with in the her feathers, hair. the feathers, yeah. She got like a load of abuse. Um, yeah. yeah, it is hard, isn't it? Because I think that when everything is so the same, mm. if you're even slightly different, then you are so mm. far outside that typical horsey blogger sort of mold. Oh. Yeah, hundred percent. And I don't really know, like, I don't really know where we can go with it. I mean, I do think that a lot of the reason that Mrs. Hinch has been successful is that she gives people a kind of something to aspire to that's very achievable. So like yeah. everyone can go to B&M, everyone can buy Harpic Pine and everyone can clean the toilet. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what's hard with the horsey bit is not everybody can go and buy something that's going to improve the dressage test monumentally or 
not everybody can go and buy, you know, these boots that are going to make your horse look a certain way. Or, and I don't know if it's a bit of that, if it's a bit like if you show what you have or what you're doing, that people will think you're maybe showing off and that will maybe cause mm. resentment. I'm not really sure. I think to think that that's a little bit of the problem, though. I think a lot of the horsey social media that we've got are betraying something which is unattainable. Yeah. Because they're only, there is this, there has been a slight move away from it, but there's been this move of only really showing the good. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, suddenly anyone that starts talking about things going wrong or showing stuff going wrong, which is great and we should be doing more of it is but those people don't get the holy grail which is sponsorship a hundred percent like when I started my blog it was for that exact reason because I at the time was jumping British novice and I was absolutely terrified and I went to the shows every week and watched everyone who looked like they had their shit together and you know, cool as a cucumber in the warm-up. And I mm. wanted to get off and cry. And after a little mm. while, I actually wrote a post that said, you know, before one of the shows, I sat on a bucket and cried and cried and cried. Mm. And people actually messaged me and said, is that true? Like, you don't look mm. like someone that would do that. Like, we don't believe that. Mm. And I was like, no, mm. that is 100% true. And what you see when you're at the show is probably not the reality. Like, I was really yeah. genuinely terrified. It's weird, isn't it? What people think, what we're like, yeah, and what we are, what we what, what we put across. You know, the the whole thing that I started Muddy Mayhem was I was just so bored and so sick. Well, I I think the people that do the for me it's the eventing pages. You know, and there's sort of A B eventing and whatever. Yeah. And they do this absolutely fantastically and they put really good videos up and these guys um, and they're fantastic at what they do. But I cannot relate to that in any way yeah. because I'm a mum. I'm not particularly a good rider. I'm an average rider at best with a good horse. I'm, I don't have huge amounts of money to throw at it. I don't have sponsorship. I don't have any of those things. And I struggled to relate to what I was seeing on social media. I was yeah. like, and that can sometimes roll over to inadequacy. It's like, well, am I good enough? Am I good enough to be going out doing this? Should my horse be with somebody else that can maybe give him X, Y, and Z in a posh, insert name of designer brand of saddle here? Because we haven't got a sponsor for their podcast yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we, I mean, if a saddle brand wants to sponsor us, so I can insert the name of their brand, that's like, but that's and we would be very grateful. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I will mention every opportunity I get. So that was the problem, and then that rolls over into inadequacy, and then it's sort of like horses are tough. Yeah. It's a tough game, and it's a hard game. Even if you've got unlimited money and unlimited time to spend it, it's still tough. Yeah, there's such levels. But without unlimited time and without unlimited money, it's even tougher. Yeah. And to see this sort of filtered social media that I couldn't relate to made me feel inadequate. So I started my page purely because I was like, I need to tell it how it is for me. Yeah. And I will admit, when I did that, it was a scary thing to do. And I was so frightened that people wouldn't like it that I thought, well, I won't put my face on it. I'll draw yeah. a picture instead. And that was purely how the drawings came about. 
as it happened, you know, I've had lots of people that said, yeah, they do like it, which I'm really proud of. But is this, is it because it's something different? Is it because I just tapped into the fact that lots of people are out there saying, oh, God, I can't relate to this shiny social media either. Like yeah. you had the people messaging you saying, goodness, I didn't even realise that someone else sat on a bucket and cried. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think I just felt like a real need to sort of say to people, like, I didn't want it to be a, I'm a really nervous rider. And every time I go out, I'm going to be a nervous rider. I didn't want it to be that. I wanted it to be like, I am really terrified and I'm going to just keep trying and I'm just going to try and get a little bit better and maybe a little bit bigger class. And, you know, eventually, hopefully, I'm going to get to where I want to be. And this is a really honest, like, today I've had a shit day. It's gone all wrong. I fell off at the second fence. Like, you know, I just wanted it to be something that, I felt was really honest and truthful and Mm. that maybe other people, people did sort of send me messages and say, you've really inspired my daughter because she was frightened and she would look at someone like you and think, oh, you're definitely not frightened. Probably just because I had a jacket that was child size and I had a horse (laughs) that's too good for me, you know, but they're all pressures as well, aren't they? In themselves, like the more you've, look like you've got the more you feel like you have to live up to that yeah 100 percent. i think that's really true so i mean i think that how do we change it though how do we make horsey social media better more fun is it possible or is it that we're stuck in this rut a little bit and maybe maybe horses aren't as exciting as we think maybe they are a bit boring and that's related in the social media I don't know I think we need to take a leaf probably out of Ben Hobday's book and make it much more current and Mm. a bit faster paced you know I really love long writing long blog posts I love that Mm. but then I would sometimes say to my husband like do you know I've just wasted my life writing like this really long post you know where I've put loads into it and actually a picture of like my son's pony dressed like a unicorn is going to get double the amount of yeah, likes. And, yeah. double, and that's probably because that's just the sort of pace that we live in now. Yeah. And I think Ben Hobday has absolutely nailed that. And mm. and then I think we probably have to be prepared that initially we're going to get a lot of backlash for that. You know, like Ben Hobday has had oh, yeah. the covering video. Um, yeah. And I think... It's so funny. That's what I can't get my head around. Is, I is, think it's just because he's so different. Yeah. I 100% agree. And this is a guy who's really grounded and, and some, and you know, he's had some shit things thrown at him um, yeah. and he can, and he can still, but he can still produce the goods. This isn't a guy that's just a social media phenomenon. He can buy too. Yeah. With Ben Hobday as well, it's a kind of no press is bad press, isn't it? Like if he's getting people talking about it, then yeah. that's better than what is usual where nobody really talks about horses and we're not, there's nothing really that's kind of a bit of a scandal. It's all a little bit stagnant and boring and promotions of the same products and the same quotes. I mean, I like an inspirational quote as much as the next person, but I absolutely get what you are saying that these posts are just the same ones, like rehashed again and again and again. And like, even from a marketing point of view, like I feel like brands need to, sponsor us and and look at something a little bit different than just doing the same 
again and again and again. Like it is, as a, as an industry, we are so unimaginative, I think. Oh, I think, and I think this is the problem is the brands are unimaginative and that leads to them sticking with the safe social media which means that to get the brands to sponsor them, people have to stay safe. Yeah, I agree. And so we're stuck. So there's this just cycle going on where people aren't, they aren't wanting to break out. I mean, I, I lost count of the amount of brands I see and I could almost forget who is they're sponsored by because all of their posts are virtually the same. Yeah. It's the same thing over and over again. And you're like, this why something a bit different i mean i i get if you're if they're a, a brand that does rugs or t-shirts or whatever it's a little bit difficult to do something different and fresh but you know i would probably take notice of a hat that someone like ben hobday was wearing in a video where he was taking the mickey out of covering your oils i yeah. know for a fact i recognize he was wearing a uvex yeah so straight away that has worked far more than any of these hashtags hashtags living my best life look at me yeah you know runs has this funny video that i've watched i've seen him wear a hat and i can remember now and i've got a terrible memory i've got yeah. still got mummy brain you know <laughs> and i but i can remember what hat he was wearing so the brands that are working with him are getting the right coverage i think and i yeah. think that's where there needs to be this shift yeah i, I definitely agree with that so i think that probably has covered that with the wheels to rights yeah. i think <laughs> I took some questions and some followers and we thought we'd use them just for this for this podcast and the first one which really pinged me was if you couldn't ride again would you still have horses um I think probably not um I do have a horse that's retired um, and I've had in the past, I've had plenty of horses that are ornaments, mm. you know, but for me, I love horses. Um, but <coughs> I think that it's the riding that's kind of where my heart is really like, if, I think, yeah. if I've got a horse that it sounds really awful, I'm going to get trolled to hell for this. But if I've got like a horse in the stable that I don't ride and I've got a horse that I do ride, I will just feel more connected. I'll have a better bond with the one that I ride. Mm. Now, I'm probably the opposite. Oh, really? I would, yeah. I, I think even if I couldn't have, I couldn't ride, I would still have my horses because I have never had any of my horses vetted. Yeah, no, I haven't. Because, because my criteria has always been when I pick a horse, I always think to myself, if I couldn't ride this horse, would I still be happy owning it? Yeah. And every single one of my horses, and I've got, th well, I've got, I've got four at the moment, and three of them I don't really ride. One I ride, I team chase, but I ride him minimally. And the other, the other three give me just as much joy and happiness just having them there as they do as Vince that I ride. Oh, so, they're going to love you. They're going to hate me now. <laughs> well, that's... No, I'm, I'm just, I'm, maybe I'm just a soft touch. I don't know. It's like, they, they all come in and they start limping and then I never ride them again. <laughs> and they know that they know they're not going to go anywhere because I love them too much. But for me as well, I need to have horses around me. They ground me. They are, they provide a structure to my day. Um, I, I, I have to get up. You have to do what you do to look after them. And 
I'm the sort of person that needs that and I need to be able to do that. So for me, I am a hundred percent, even if I couldn't ride, I'd maybe try other things. I'd maybe try driving or something like that, but yeah, I would still just have them. I'd still have them as pets. And they're, Cause they're just lovely animals to have around. Yeah. Like I don't mind having a retired horse, but if I mm. couldn't ride, I just think it would drive me mad. Like, yeah, I just, my husband says if I haven't ridden a horse, he can't bear to be around me. I get that. I do get that myself. I do go, I am not, I'm a grumpy person when I yeah. can't ride. I'm much grumpier than when I do. But um, for me as well, it's just like, it's like the little things like, it's like, oh God, I'm going to sound really mental, but like, just like having a good kiss of the muzzle and, and smelling yeah. them, the smell of a horse. It's just, it's just healthy for me. So I, I would keep a horse even if I couldn't ride. But I, I do understand what you were saying about having a connection when you ride them. Yeah, you I do just, definitely have a deeper connection with the horses that you ride than the ones that you don't. I agree with that. Like, it's easy for me to say I wouldn't have any. I probably would. I'd probably have a collection of, like, decrepit ones. But, <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I know how, how for me, I definitely, I feel guilty about it, but I definitely change with the horses when I don't ride them. She just wants to ride a horse. Okay. Badly. Yeah. Well, no, I don't, I didn't mean it yet. <laughs> Okay, Brutal. the burning question that came, and we okay. do need to put this one to right. Harry or Zane from One Direction, and why? 100%. Because if people don't know this, because I am a little bit majorly, majorly, majorly in love with Harry Styles. So what about you? 110% Harry Styles, all <gasps> the way. Like, <sighs> that boy's hair? I mean, what's not to love? And a man that can carry off flares like he does. I mean... That's that's not easy. No, no one can carry your flares. Um, he can. Um, oh, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not convinced that I find that a necessity in a man. <laughs> but <laughs> my husband doesn't wear flares. I just need to add this. It's just he does look really dashing in flares. But yeah, I think L'Oreal are missing a trick with him. Yeah, I mean, the he's hair's great, it. isn't it? Yeah, he's, the hair's great. Next one that I had. Now, this was a little bit hilarious because basically every time I do go out, it's a little bit of a competition fail. But can you think of one which is your biggest competition fail? Like probably starts when I just put the horses on the lorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... To be honest with you, I think if I started totting up the competition fails that I've had, I probably wouldn't go out competing again. Yeah. But what am I doing? I'm really not very good at this. I get lost a lot. Um, I mean, show jumping. I know. How do you get lost show jumping? They're all just, they're all numbered and they're all in an arena. I know. You know, I have this thing, right? So sometimes I'll walk a course and I say to my husband, oh, this is going to be okay today because that course makes sense to me. But then sometimes the course builder does something and I'm like, you shouldn't have gone that way. You should have gone this way. And then I know that no matter how many times I walk it, I will go the way that I think the course should have been built. Yeah. See, this is why you should maybe try eventing because all the show jumping courses are just in a basic figure of eight. <laughs> you see, you missed a trick with your, with your show jumping eventing thing. You should have had that. I in. know, I did. I did. I should have done that. You might have, won. You might have edged it. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. God, I let that one go. I hate it when I lose. I think Which probably... Someone bad at me. <laughs> Other competition fails would be falling off 
when you're like maybe at the first or second fence, that's a proper chew because then you've gone all that way and land on your head. And then... <clears throat> but at least you can enter like the next class. Yeah, but I don't. If I'm falling off at the first fence, I'm not going back in. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> With my white jods of shame. No shame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always get like a really big like skid mark up the side, yeah. don't you? When you work. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And then I um, have jumped fences backwards a couple of times. Can I just ask you, <laughs> are you sure that show jumping is for you? Um, I think a lot of people probably have asked me that, like, you know, <laughs> regularly. And the answer to that is, no, I'm not sure it's for me. Oh, we'll keep going anyway. I mean, I'm going to look at me eventing. I just so, think persistence. Yeah, keep going. One day the gods might align. Exactly. It's we have had, I think, Michael, I don't think there's been, uh, I mean, there has been some spectacular showdowns when I've been at eventing. You, you know, we've had the fairly catastrophic show jumping around at Kiso last year, which um, I think I left quite a lot of people actually terrified um, when I did it. Um, um, I, I, when I got the, uh, my friend took photos and, and my husband was like, you're not going to put those up on Facebook, are you? And I was like, I was insanely proud of them because they were terrible. They were the worst pictures I think I've ever done. Um, and then I just packed up the lorry and drove home and I didn't even, even attempt to go cross country because it was going to be, shit um i've turned up and forgotten things so yeah. getting a dressage saddle was pretty crap um and forgot my dressage test um trying i to think, think i would forget oh that. oh my favorite one ever this is my best one ever i was at the great witchingham horse trials and i had a fairly good dressage and i jumped clear in the show jumping and I jumped what I thought was a clear in the cross country within the time. And I'm going over the finish line cheering, hey, double clear, I might have got a placing to hear that I've been eliminated. Because when I came out of the water, I jumped the wrong fence coming out of the water and basically eliminated myself because you I'm a massive just dick. Raised my hopes about not getting lost on cross country courses. And then you've just shattered my dreams. I know. I know that was I'm not going to go into details of that let's just say it went down in the histories of mankind because I tried to complain <laughs> it wasn't my finest moment about the colour of the numbers and, right. and all my friends yeah because anyway it became, went down in history says 50 shades of pink 50 shades of purple and I'll say no more because I got confused between pink and purple right I mean easy mistake yeah did anybody else get confused? I, I'm not going to answer yes or no to that because <laughs> the chances are no. Because it, I am, when it comes to fucking up, I have a unique skill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say that was my biggest competition fail to date. So I think we've well and truly covered that. Yeah, we've done quite well on that one. So the last one, which I love, um, and I think is quite hilarious, is how do you manage, they call them children beasts, obviously that's what I call my children beasts, how do you manage children beasts wrangling and competing? Uh, you don't. Yeah, that's, it literally took the words out of my mouth, you just it, don't. It's called survival, isn't it, basically? Yeah. You survive and you just hope that everyone's going to be alive at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I... 
kind of, my kids have been coming out with me competing now since my eldest was two um and he i went to do a dressage test and i was trotting down the center line very quiet arena because it was dressage and all very serious trotting down the center line and i heard suddenly heard mommy mommy i need a poo i need a poo and anyone that's got children can tell you that when children need a poo they don't stop telling you <laughs> until you've done something about it so i'm doing a dressage bit and he's just bellowing that he needs to go to the toilet and i thought well i'm committed now i can't stop this dressage test i paid 15 pounds for it and so i carried on going and the, as i came to the final salute the dressage judge was stood there and she was just like wiping away these tears of laughter and um i've still got the dressage sheet somewhere and it was well done for continuing despite the distractions i hope he made it to the toilet in time and that was literally what she wrote so um do you think you have a better score <laughs> to think so because what? maybe that's a tactic i should try that at my next event shouldn't i because Just henry shouting henry like low-key heckles other people so like <laughs> and i'm actually thinking about encouraging it so what yeah. he does is when they have a fence, he'd be like, oh, they've knocked a fence. Oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. But what I'm thinking is it's the ones where they look like they're going clear. That's where we need the heckling. So maybe yeah. just like a well-timed leap in the air or... So I'm thinking maybe... Mommy, I, I need a poo. Them. Yeah, use them to my advantage. What we should maybe do is maybe create a set of recordings of children shouting rubbish. And then yeah. like, if someone looks like they're doing too good, we can like, play it really loudly. And of course, our horses will be so oblivious because they're just so bomb-proof now that yeah. our horse will be fine. Yeah. I think this and is we'll, genius. We, we, we can filter out that, oh, mm. mommy, I need a poo. I, need what, I want some chips. Because we spend like, our life fighting. filtering. I love this idea. We, we could be onto a winner here. Let's Dragon's Den <laughs> Yeah, sod the podcast. Let's get yeah. up Dragon's Den. Let's do this. This is amazing. Yep, love that. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard about uh, when we went to Smith's Lawn. And I don't have a big lorry and my husband was away and we all slept in my three and a half ton lorry. Two dogs, two kids. Vince was the only one that was comfortable because he had a stable. <laughs> and we slept in this lorry overnight and then we were competing the next day and we were at uh windsor park it was all very posh and all the big events were there and it was all lovely and my children invented a game called shithead which which involved throwing basically horse shit at each other and i have asked them what the scoring was afterwards because i was quite intrigued i was like well how do you score and they were like, oh, there's no scores we just want to throw poo at each other so they were doing this and they were doing it in front of the event called mary obviously you know who mary king is yeah. doing it in front of mary king and she looked absolutely horrified so i had to first <laughs> she didn't want to join in i did no she was just like well there was no school no rules <laughs> yeah there's no I'm point sure to this game proper, yeah i'm sure if there'd been a proper scoring system she would have been all over that yeah if anyway she was absolutely horrified and i was like so i had to pretend i didn't know who they were i was like oh, no, i don't know who these horrible children are could somebody <laughs> please come and control their children i mean really <laughs> no <laughs> I pretended I didn't know them and just rode back to the lorry and was like shit these horrible children are following me but anyway <laughs> so I don't like, you didn't throw anything back no I, no I was pretending I didn't know them so um <laughs> so 
I think I think the long and short of that is how do you manage children bees? You don't. You just survive and have a big gin at yeah. the end of the day. Good. Uh, I agree, hundred percent. So we decided that to end our podcast, we were going to have a competition for wanker of the week because we both do the occasional thing that is not ideal. Um, so my wanker of the week is, it was Father's Day recently, and I really wanted to do something nice for Ben because Ben has a fairly shit life with me, I'd say. So we went out for the day, and as we went along the day, there was really nice food at all the different places, and I'm really, really greedy. So I had a bit of food at the first place and then I was a bit full, but I still had a bit more food and a bit more food. And then after a while, Ben said, you look green. And I was like, I think I'm going to vomit. I need a pan. So Ben was left to look after Henry for the day while I sat and made self-pitying noises with my face in a pan. Oh, no. Oh, my God. What a Father's Day. I know. He won't forget it, though. What? No. He's going to use that every Father's Day, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, set the benchmark low. It can yeah. only get better. Yeah. You've got a good point there. I don't think, for the first time this week, I've been too much of a wanker. So, by default, you win <laughs> this week's... I can't, I'm very proud of you. Um, Bock off banter, wanker of the week. Congratulations. I feel How like... How do you feel? I don't know. It's like, I don't know if it's a good win. I mean, it's a win. I don't win much. I'll take a win. Yeah, we can get you a rosette because it's all about the frilly. Um, yeah. Congratulations. I would quite like a rosette. Can we make it red? Oh, 100%. Yeah, because I don't get a lot of those. So I think that we should invite people to join in with this now. So if they do, because they, everyone wants a frilly. So if they want to win a buck off banter frilly, they, need they have to, to write into us and tell us why they should be wanker of the week what they've done and yeah. the best one gets the frilly of the wanker of the week and i feel like so, you so, need to try and do something wankerish next week because i don't I really like need to, to win, try <laughs> like i feel like if i win every week it might start to have an impact on my self-confidence <laughs> okay oh I, I can't try because these things is very natural to me <laughs> okay. so i'm pretty sure that by the end of next week something will have happened and I'll win the rosette, so that's cool. Or somebody else might do something even better and contact yeah. us and say, hey, can I have your Wank of the Week rosette? As long as I don't win it again. I think that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us next time. In the meantime, please send us your questions and Wanker of the Week stories to try and win a sparkly red frilly. You can find us at Book Off Banter on Twitter and Instagram. To be fair, you'll only find Carla on Twitter because it blows my brain. But please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.